Hello to everyone listening. I am Nathan, and welcome to the Sea Brilliance Podcast. In this podcast episode, you will hear an amazing story told by an amazing person. And hopefully the story that they will share will reveal something about your life and will encourage the brilliance that resides in you. So let's listen together. So tell me a little about yourself. I am Jonathan Tebow, born to Jonathan and Desilla Tebow in Lafayette, Louisiana. I learned very on that I was different. And so I think that because of my differences, I pushed through and persevered in various areas, which took me to Morehouse College, took me abroad for a year in Shanghai and Cape Town, South Africa, moved to New York, no job, found a job, got an apartment, and then have been on a journey of trying to walk in my purpose ever since. And so in walking in that journey, I'm now going to Los Angeles or relocating to Los Angeles to pursue my master's in film, TV, and media production. So what makes you smile? I think that everything makes me smile. I read a book about the spirit once, and it said that there is spiritual energy in everything that is around us. So I'm a very big proponent of when I wake up, it's the little things that bring me joy because it starts with breath. It starts with thought. It starts with an idea that I even have an opportunity to take part in a day. And so I immediately opt into happiness because I feel like happiness is a choice. And I feel like joy is something that you live out. And so every day, uh, my goal is to live out a joyful life. And so I do that by opting into happiness, by choosing to protect my peace. And so when I wake up and I smile, like today, I'm in front of you having my cup of tea. The sun is not even shining yet, but I feel good because I know that I'm in a space with someone who I love. I'm in my own environment and I'm very happy to engage into this dialogue. So that alone makes me smile. So what is the most important thing that you've learned in life? I've been saying this a lot lately, but I said, what if public school education was all about you becoming your best self? What if when you went to school, you were asked about your core values, your morals? What are the things that guide you? What things about yourself do you grow curious about? Do you grow more intrigued? And so I would say that through my journey, the most important thing has been having a spiritual foundation, but with the spiritual foundation has been growing not only self-aware, but confident in the man who I want to be. And so I think having that self-awareness, having that idea of how do I show up in the world? How do I see myself in the world? And the connection on that spiritual foundation, it allows me to grow deep with my ancestors, with my family, with spirits that occupy my mind at times when I can't understand how I feel. And so if I wasn't tapped in to my full self, if I wasn't tapped into my aligned self, then I would be missing all of these opportunities and these things around me. And so I've grown to understand that what's most important is having a foundation on which you can stand, but having the self-awareness and the confidence to move through life in this plane with zeal. Because the forces at bay are oftentimes pulling on us. But if we repel that energy with our own joy, which I dictate as freedom, it would allow you to move into a way where you know and you have that security within yourself as you're engaging the world. So you can exist, the world can exist. And so now how do we coexist and move together? We each are in our own bubble, our own world. And so how are our worlds colliding? 
and that self-awareness, that confidence, the assuredness of your values and how they stand and how you walk those, I think is the most important thing that you can have because once you've established those for yourself, now you can live an intentional, a meaningful and an impactful life. So keeping in mind everything you just said, what was your life like before learning that lesson? It was one of chasing validation. It was one where I had to get, you know, praise for this, praise for that. I, again, I was raised an only child. I shouldn't say I was raised an only child. I think that my circumstances are different because I do have a sister who's four years older than me. But when I communicate that I was raised an only child, that is me basically articulating my lived experience in my actual house structure. And so that was me often moving alone. And because of sort of the distance between my sister and I, I walked as like an only child. And not only that, I walked at the beat of my own drum. And I think that at a very early age, I knew that I was different. And so because I was different, it felt like everyone always wanted to tell me who they thought I was or tell me how they thought or felt about me. And I think that as I was growing older, as I was pushing through adolescence, I realized that while I was good at certain things, those were not the things that brought me the most joy. And so I had to sort of figure out what were those things that really made me happy? What were those things that really brought me peace? What were those things that made me feel safe? And so in trying to find safety, I did the only thing that I could, which was chase academic achievements, because those were the things that made me feel good about myself. And so until I had like the real confidence and self-awareness, it was in a sense me placing that confidence and all of that security into things that would get me rewards or get me these accolades. But then that was fake. That was false. And so I think that had I allowed that to continue, it would have been me consistently doing things, me consistently working for things or working for others and not knowing necessarily the fullness of my potential, but allowing myself to be stifled based on the reciprocity or the feedback that I was getting from these individuals. It would have felt like walking, a, walking in the earth without a compass. So we're going to still keep in mind everything you just said. And we're now we're going to shift towards the question, has your life been like after learning that same lesson? I wrote a story recently where I wanted to show an alternative side of the pandemic. I wanted to showcase what the pandemic meant to me. And outside of the death and the toll that it's had on our planet, I wanted to showcase a different side. And in that side, I described that falling in love with myself was like the best version of joy. And I think at 27, I realized that like 27 was not old. 27 was not this middle-aged crisis. 27 was not this. 27 is like the right age to say that you have experiences, you have lived experiences, but it was the perfect opportunity for me to look back on the life that I had had, to look forward into the life that I wanted. And it was me essentially giving myself the time, the grace, the space to be who I was destined to be. And so at 27, the reason why I keep saying 27 is because prior to that, I think that I was often still working for validation. I was still working for approval. And so it was like once that 
that, you know, the age started to transition into the 27, that's when I started to realize, oh no, it's always been you. It's always been inside of you. It has always been you that has been the constant. I remember calling my mom once and saying, all these things I wanted and prayed over my life, all these things that I've spoken over my life, God has consistently blessed me and materialized those things before me every single time. So why am I worrying? And so that's when I grew confident in the decisions that I was making, my actions that I was taking, and the things that were before me, because I had been living a purposeful life. What I wasn't doing was having the confidence to muster up, how do I occupy space? And how can I can contribute to these spaces to where I don't actually need your validation, but I know simply by me showing up and doing what I'm expected, that I'm already killing the game, that I'm already crushing it because I have so much to offer and to give to them. And so some people always say this, but they're like, you know, oh, when you're applying for jobs, they're interviewing you, but are you really interviewing them? I think the the first speaks to, I'm not really confident, I'm not really sure, I don't know what's really going on. And that latter is basically, oh no, I know what's popping. I know what's good over here. I'm gonna actually interview you because I need to make sure you're the right fit for me. And so it's been now me making decisions for me. It's now making sure that the goals that I make are aligned to my value system. Are they aligned to my morals? Is, does it culminate my passion? I think that now in the direction that I'm moving, I feel like the opportunities are wide, but the scope is very narrow because to your point, the confidence, the self-esteem, these things that I no longer realize I need to maintain happiness and peace. I'm eradicated of that. So now I get to walk fully into the life that I've said I wanted, the middle that I've said I wanted, and having the clarity and understanding of now what's going to take place. If you could turn back the time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell 18 or even one, you can go 16, you know, whatever time frame that you want. What would you tell young JT? Not saying that you're old, but younger JT. There's this book that I think encompasses it so much better than I could. And it speaks about the seven longings of a human heart. It speaks to our desire to be beautiful, to be accepted, to be loved, to be appreciated for the things that we do. They're very simple things, but they speak to the seven longings of the heart. And I think that they all tie back into God in this specific book. But I think that if you just look at those seven different principles, I would have told myself at 18 that you're special, that you are absolutely remarkable, that everything in this world that you desire and more is possible. Don't be limited by what you've seen. Don't be limited limited to the experiences that others in your city have had. Allow yourself to dream bigger than what's been around you. Allow yourself to dream bigger than the goals that people have set for you. Stand firm in the things that you've done. Stand firm in the decisions that you've made because you've worked your ass off. You worked hard, you put in the work. And so you now know that all the things that life has before you, that you're worthy of it. I think sometimes we see things in life and we don't think we're worthy. 
but I had always been worthy. I was born worthy. I was born good. I was born me. So at 18, know that you're worthy. Know that you have everything inside of you to, to do what it takes to have the life that you desire. Live it. Be free. If you're listening to this in the morning, you know, that that's an affirmation to get your day started. Everything that you just said to, to live and be free. You know, sometimes we, you know, get in that hiccup, you know, losing sight, you know, of the power that your life has and even the power of life's unfortunates, you know, that they have, on, you know, with our lives, too. And so I think everything you just shared was a very powerful instance. And so tell us a little bit about, you know, you're currently you know, on your way to Los Angeles, the city of angels, <laughs> uh, in which, you know, tell us, you know, what is making you fly out there and pursue, <laughs> you know, your masters and give us, you know, a little bit what to expect of uh, JT Hits LA, you know, from Louisiana to Atlanta to Shanghai, to <laughs> Cape Town, to New York City, to Washington, yeah. D.C., now L.A. Okay, you so better know us. my path. You better know the pathway. Come on. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is hilarious. I think that just hearing you say those things, I, I smile because it's just a reminder that I've lived. It's a reminder that I've done things that my grandmother can't even imagine. My mom looks sometimes at my experiences and she says, son, You've done things that many men in a lifetime will never be able to do, and you're just beginning. And I think that the pandemic allowed me to realize I'm just beginning. I think that when I think about my favorites, I am a super Toni Morrison, Maya Angelou, Tina Turner fan because these women, they embody to me traits of humility, of zeal, of infinite joy. And I don't want to say strength. I'm going to speak to power because they had a power and an awareness of how they occupied space, but how they walked in this world. So they were sensual in just their interviews, but didn't have to be sexy with their attire. They were able to maneuver in the way that they really wanted to and really didn't allow themselves to fit in with the box. And I think that what you can expect from me is a lot of experimenting. Someone asked me recently, I was like, JT, you've been in transition for a long time. You know, you moved to New York, you was working, you got engaged, you moved to DC, you had the house, you not engaged, you moved back to New York, and now you're moving to LA, you're going to school. They said, you're always in transition. I said, you can part that thought because I said, no, I've arrived. I have arrived into the person who I am supposed to be. I have arrived to where now I'm not in transition anymore, baby. I am simply walking and moving in the direction that I was intended to. What you'll see is a creative voice that had always wanted to shine, that had always wanted to express itself, now do so unapologetically. Now do so in a way to where I am trying to fill out the best ways of telling mine and many others' story. Me moving to LA is me going to University of Southern California to pursue a film career. I watch movies, TV, not just for entertainment, but because it's like an art to me, because it's like an informal education. In entertainment, we learn so much about ourselves because we allow ourselves to dream based on what we see. 
you know, the reason why these Disney things make us dream is because they are showing different sides of individuals. They're showing people who've been through trials and have been through something. There's always a widowed parent because they're trying to show you that despite whatever you started with, that you can have all the things that you want. So me going to LA is simply going after the things that I want in life. It's me going after the technical experiences. It's me going for the networking opportunities. It's me building a career on which my mom, my dad, my kids, my kids' kids, my kids' 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 kids would be proud of because they know that I'm walking in my truth because they can see me telling stories that are not just to just take up space, but to hopefully push conversations forward, to hopefully make us think and see new things within ourselves. All of the work that I do is, is connect intimacy and the fictionality of our lived experiences and allow us to push our best selves. So my goal is to become a filmmaker who does just that. And outside of filmmaking, I am doing poetry, I'm writing monologues, I'm writing prose, I'm doing whatever my heart desires because no longer am I limiting myself to a medium. I prioritize service for people when I didn't recognize that service, I live under the principle where God is always through me. God, my ancestors, they're always with me, they're always around me, and that we all have our spiritual connections. And so we are always walking in spiritual planes because there's always spirits and things around us. I think that what I'm trying to articulate in this very moment is that I have the blessings of all the folks who live within me, around me, through me, have prayed for me, and have yet to pray for me running through my veins. And so that allows me to step fully into a life that you talked about what makes me smile earlier. And I spoke to joy and happiness. But honestly, this is not just a smile. This is an opening. It is an enlightened state, not even just being an alpha male or not just being like the peak leader or whatever. I call it the arrival. So this is now the arrival. This is the entryway. This is the beginning. This is the new. And so I hope that my work can just make you think a little different, can make you have a conversation with yourself, can make you talk to your partner about what does love look like with friends? How do we navigate these conversations where we know that people can't fulfill all of our needs? How do we occupy space with our body separate from our mind, knowing that our body is saying things about us that we can't even control? And so really just showing the mirror. I want to show the mirror of society and of our own lived experiences right back at folks. My goal is to find a nugget to title the podcast. I found yours in that in that sediment you just shared. I found it, and it's 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 good. It's probably the best title um, I thought of for anybody. And so, you know, thank you. And so, speaking upon this arrival, who influenced you to get into film storytelling? <laughs> you know, who who did it? Because you know that this person had to do something in you just to usher in you know this new jt it's not even new jt but i would just say it's not really that new. the reason why i said it's not really that new is because nathan sometimes we don't even see the things that we've been gifted some folks say i was blessed with the gift of gas but i was insecure in my voice i had a light little soft effervescent voice growing up and i was just a little talkative thing and i was the kid who 
was not around a lot of kids always. My cousin, you know, she was with her family. I was with my family. My sister was with her family. And so I was always by myself with my grandmas. And so they didn't allow me to just sit at the kids' table. No, they would say, come at the adult's table and you're going to speak your mind. But I was always so respectful, I guess, because I just was just one to like just listen and sit with what they were saying before I participated. They allowed me to speak. When I got home, my parents were just like, say what's on your mind. And if you don't know what you're saying, then don't say it at all. So they always allowed me the space to just articulate myself and to try to figure things out. Even though I didn't always know on which I was standing, I at least had the space to still exist and to still move. And I think that was such a blessing because you asked, where did I get the storytelling from? I got that from my people. If you've ever been in Lafayette, Louisiana, you will know that when we celebrate, there's a couple of things involved. There's always food. So there's always going to be food. You're going to have your belly full, which is going to make you smile, which is going to make you feel like you want to slap somebody in their face for making something so delicious. And then after the food, there's going to be fellowship. And when we're fellowshipping, that's an opportunity where you get to tell stories. I love asking questions. I love going deep with people. That surface shit don't impress me. And so even at a young age, I would go deep. I would try to go to the root of things. And so I think that that curiosity and being around many storytellers who could go on about all these different experiences, when I started putting the pen to paper and recognizing like how that showed up, I took every opportunity in school to do so. I just allowed myself to realize that this is the thing that I could do to maintain a lifestyle. But Nathan, it had always been a part of me. And I say that the ancestors who lived before, who living through me, who are watching me, sometimes I can't explain certain things. Sometimes I can't explain certain gifts. But what I do know is that they're giving to me for a reason. And if I hold back my voice, then I'm limiting the world from something that they can use. I'm taking away something that the world might need in order to do what they need to do. And so I have to celebrate that voice. I have to give that voice because my ancestors gave it to me. They put me and I was born in a place where I was filled in around many storytellers, but I was always given voice. I was given the opportunity to say my piece, to communicate my piece with the community that I was given. So it started with my community. It started with my ancestry and it's been a part of me my entire life. I just had to feel and grow confident in the things that I was already destined. That is why I think the expression, I am my ancestors' wildest dreams, where you can find the originator or someone who has really claimed that phrase, you can find him in New Orleans. Uh, so this, the fact that, you know, Louisiana has this, this very strong ancestry storytelling, just culture when it comes to your food, to the voodoo and so forth these traditions that, you know, continue to last and will hopefully continue to evolve, but never lose its original spark and intended Ooh. purpose. So, so yeah, I, I think that was phenomenal. And, you know, yeah, er, touched on this earlier when you named, you know, great existences like Toni Morrison and Maya Angelou and Tina Turner. Are there any other resources? And you've mentioned some books too, but I want, you know, people to be able to get access to any resources that have helped you get to where you are now. So do you have any resources? <laughs> oh my God, to take you through my resource list would be like to take you through my whole walk. <laughs> when I, I, the reason why I'm laughing when you asked me a particular thing that I would suggest 
I would say that as of late, I read a book called Spirit of Intimacy. A friend suggested it because it spoke about African tribalism in an untraditional way. And so the book is very disjointed. It's very broken up in different sections that are very like weird and nuanced and not ordinary. But I think that what it allowed me to do was to stamp what I had always known. These spiritual forces are always around us. Everything that we do is almost a ceremony or a ritual of involving the community with our personal self. I think that what we don't acknowledge is that things are very special. What we don't acknowledge is the power and the meaning that comes about with these different transitions that we're making. And we're not in a culture of celebration when it comes to the things that are deep within us. We see surface and then we clap for that, but that's not the real life. That's not the real living. And so spirit of intimacy allowed me to really connect with something that I had always known to be true and to push myself with thinking. It was the first idea or the first time, not the first, but it, it sharpened my view of what it meant to be queer and to be a gatekeeper, to be an interpreter between the male and the female, to have a balance of those energies and be able to communicate messages that often neither would be able to with one another, but that my existence could allow for a more fruitful dialogue among the entire community. That book did that. So I would say Spirit of Intimacy. My second book, and this is a personal favorite from mine, and this was also from a friend's recommendation. I think I'm giving you some friend recommendations, but that's divine intervention because the people around us sometimes see things before us that we can't even see. So when we are aware of our own selves, then these things could come into our life and they can speak things over us, right? And so Toni Morrison has this amazing novel called Sula. Sula is a bad bitch. And I'm saying bad bitch, and I'm going to be very explicit when I say that, because Sula didn't walk by the beat of society's drum. Sula saw social constructs and moved outside of them. Her existence was a force to be reckoned with. When she came back to town after traveling the world, she brought these spirits with her. She brought these energies with her that people could not understand. Well, I had been saying people didn't understand me my entire life. Now, do I allow that to dictate how I move? Hell no. I am expected to still move because I was given a purpose. I was given a walk that I have to live. And so when I read about Sula, it transformed my way of thinking about myself because it allowed me to feel like I could be free of the burden of shame, of guilt, of like I had to do this, of like I had to be that. I need to be the best version of myself. And that's a choice every single day, throughout every day to be that. Sula didn't have ego, but she also didn't have the necessary emotional capacity to feel what others had felt, which allowed her to break bonds and to make other people uncomfortable, but they needed her. They needed her to be who she was going to be. So I said, Spirit of Intimacy, Sula, and then the last book that I would say, and it's not even a book, it is a article. I picked this article up maybe four to five years ago, and it said, stop consuming, start doing. And it was about this guy who had worked and had all these jobs and had done all these things and was consuming all this stuff. And he said, when I pulled back all that stuff and I just focused on me creating, doing, the first day, it might have taken me five hours to write one sentence. But he said, over time, I got better. I got stronger. I became a better writer. I became better at doing videos. And so I think what that speaks to is 
It's easy to talk about what you want to do. It's easy to to speak these things over your life. And I think that's why I don't use the word productivity anymore. I use the word actionary because my goal is to be actionary in everything that I do because I am always manifesting and working towards something for myself or something that I want for myself. And so that article really allowed me to realize like there's all these things around us, but how are we contributing to the spaces that we want to be in? How are we making way and making space for the things that we want to see? How are we doing the things? I told you that I'm 28 right now. So it's a very beautiful age to start creating the things that you want to see. And if we don't, then we'll wake up at 50 hoping that the next generation does. We have to do those things now. Here's a different question, but I think you could really run with it. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Shameless plug. I have a project called, it's called I Am Enough. It's dropping soon. I call it an affirmation. I would name this billboard, You Are Enough. And the reason why is because you were born enough. When you were living your life, you were enough. And you're still enough today. Don't let anyone tell you that you are not enough, that your existence is not enough. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through, no matter what's even before you. You are enough. You are worthy. You have all that you're capable of doing. You have all the resources and the access around you to tap into whatever you're supposed to have. You are enough. Mm, mm, mm. So my final question I, I ask every guest is, where can listeners find you online? Uh, <laughs> I'm laughing at that because you can find me at jonathantebow.com. I, my name is not spelled like Tim Tebow. It is T-H-I-B-E-A-U-X. And the reason why I say jonathantebow.com, it says Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N. The Tebow part, which just spelled it. So that is my name, Jonathan Tebow. But on pretty much everything else, I am J Tebow. So J, that Tebow, and that's me. You know, thank you so much, JT, for, you know, taking the time out to Everything which you shared, I was touched this morning. I'm glad this is how I started my morning because, you know, normally this is my devotional hour. <laughs> but this, this, this was good. This was, this was very good. I can just, I already started my morning prayer, but I can finish praying uh, after the Zoom call. So thank you so much. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Nathan. I'm always appreciative of these type of opportunities. And um, when a brother like you calls, you answer. So I'm glad that I can even be a part of this. 